Hey, it's Stephanie, and I am so excited to officially launch Strong Opinions today. But before we dive into this week's topic, I want to start with a quick overview of what Strong Opinions is going to be all about. So for starters, it's going to be a short episode, and it's going to focus on a single topic, one that I think digital marketers really need to know about. I'm going to share my opinions, and if you know me, you're going to know that they're pretty often really strong opinions on the topic. I'm also going to share my tactical best practices for the topic and the resources I highly recommend you check out. It's basically your one-on-one chat with me every week where I'm going to deep dive into some of the topics I'm most commonly asked about when I chat with other marketers, and perhaps a few topics that I do often tend to rant about. Now, on to our first topic. Where can I start, you guys? It's really all about these constant pictures I see of other marketers sharing their tech stacks on LinkedIn, Twitter, conference presentations, and pretty much anywhere a marketer can talk about how impressive their tech stack actually is. Give me a break, everyone. Seeing a picture of your tech stack tells me absolutely nothing, except approximately how much money you're spending on MarTech. It doesn't tell me about the strategy you have for utilizing the tech, how many people and the skill sets that are actually needed for implementing it and then managing it every day, or the results you're even seeing from it. But what I've seen happen is a marketer shows their tech stack during a conference presentation, let's say, or on a LinkedIn post, and then other marketers grab their phones, take a photo of it, and immediately start researching the tech offerings that company is using, as if purchasing a specific software solution is going to drive tremendous results in that alone. It's even worse that the company sharing that tech stack picture is growing significantly because then marketers are thinking, Oh, if I buy this tech piece, one or two of them, it's going to solve all of my marketing challenges. Wouldn't that be great if it was actually that easy? Well, it's not. We know that if we think about it rationally. Technology is not a silver bullet. And if it actually was a silver bullet, do you think marketers would share pics of their tech stack with you and basically say, this is how I'm winning? Think about that for a second. Would you share your competitive advantage with others if it was what was really driving business for your brand? Most people wouldn't. That's why it's called a competitive advantage. So what's happened with all these constant tech stack picks that I really see, like just everywhere I go nowadays, well, it's led marketers to purchase software that they really didn't need because someone else said it worked for them. And I mean worked, I'm using air quotes, I wish you could see it, in the loosest terms possible because I haven't actually seen someone post their tech stack and then explain in detail how they use each one, what their team actually looks like, what their strategy is, and the results they're seeing. Wouldn't that be something if a marketer actually told you what technology they're using, what their team looks like, how they're actually using it, and the results they're seeing from it? That's really what we all need to be doing if we want to truly help our fellow marketers. Don't just tell them what you're using, but how, why, and what impact it's having. That's actually helpful, especially more so than a single picture of a bunch of tech logos. So that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to take you through every single piece of tech that we use in sales and marketing at Limovate, how we're using it and why we use it. Here we go. All right. So for starters, we wouldn't be anywhere without Salesforce. It's our single source of truth for prospects, opportunities, customers, documentation, activities, and so much more. Most of my team is in Salesforce every single day. We're documenting all of our interactions throughout the sales process and with our customers. We're using products to estimate opportunities. We're tracking activities and running reports. We're also using Salesforce campaigns to manage our campaign reporting, dashboards for sending automated weekly emails to our leadership team, and we're getting ready to automate our contracting process through Salesforce. 
There's so much you can do to run your business on Salesforce. And we've really been trying to take full advantage of it, even though we're a startup. Now, we don't have a traditional Salesforce admin in our company. So honestly, I'm the one tackling our Salesforce enhancements. And I've always found it fairly easy to use. With that said, I've been using Salesforce for more than a decade. And I also work there. So I'm definitely familiar with their product, probably more so than most marketers. But with Trailhead training, there's a really easy way for anyone to be able to customize a Salesforce instance. Tied to our Salesforce account is Pardot and Engage. So let's start with Engage first. It's basically the way our SDRs and account execs send out emails that are tracked within Salesforce and show up within Pardot activity history on a contact or lead record. They're able to do it directly from Gmail. We don't use the integration that's within the Salesforce um, Lightning. We do it straight in Gmail. And they can easily access a series of templates that we've made available to them. And it really makes our prospecting process so much smoother. We're able to easily create templates for new campaigns in Pardot, enable our SDRs to use them while they're working in Gmail, and then they're also using Engage Alerts and getting real-time alerts when someone engages with the email, content we've created, or our website. And since I've already mentioned Pardot, let's talk about how I use Pardot. For starters, it handles all of our marketing emails that we send out. But honestly, that's not a whole lot for us. We actually tend to use the functionality more with Engagement Studio. It runs our entire prospecting process. So we're also tracking content downloads and digital behavior, managing our round-robin assignments for inbound leads. And like I mentioned before about our prospecting process, we build our entire sequence out in Engagement Studio. So we can alert SDRs when they need to reach out to a prospect next based on how much time's passed, whether or not they watched a video, they've received direct mail, scheduled a meeting via Calendly, etc. It's basically a way for us to easily customize our entire prospecting process by campaign, assign Salesforce tasks to SDRs as they need. And it really is just automating the whole thing. We also really love Pardot for managing all of our content. This is like infographics, white papers, ebooks, because it's allowing us to track who downloads it and that information is going straight back into Salesforce, which means we are never sending a customer or a prospect a piece of content they've already seen, which is the perfect segue into probably one of my favorite tech solutions that we use, Vidyard. I will fangirl over Vidyard for the next couple minutes. And the reason why is it is so easy to use for personalized video. In a nutshell, Vidyard enables you to easily send out personalized videos as well as host marketing videos for you. So you can get not just general analytics, but actually see who's watching them because it integrates with Pardot and Salesforce. So I can actually know who watched my overview video on my website and have that data show up in Salesforce, which means my reps know what videos people have watched before they get on a call. And we absolutely love video here at Limovate. We've been creating personalized videos for SDRs as part of our prospecting process for almost two years now. And it's been tremendous in helping us really stand out in the inbox from other companies and has generated countless meetings for us. And what I love about Vidyard is they make creating personalized videos for each of our prospects really easy. And we are all in on personalized videos. You guys created more than a thousand personalized videos in the last 18 months. And it's really become a cornerstone of our outbound prospecting process. It's also been tremendously beneficial in our sales process because it really makes it easy for a rep after they have a call with someone to send them a video thank you and to really kind of show more of that personalization. And then Vidyard also is used for all of our training videos that we create which is another benefit to it. But one of my favorite things that I love is after I've created that personalized video for you, I can actually go in and customize that event screen that shows up at the end of the video and actually have that tied to 
a way to book a meeting. So ours integrates and shows our Calendly link so I can click on it and book a meeting directly with the person that was in the video, which is just really great. So let's just say that Vidyard is probably one of the few tech offerings that if you would actually hear me recommend to you if you're a B2B marketer, if you wanna stand out in prospecting efforts and make video a key component and you wanna invest in video, you really gotta check out Vidyard. Next. We use Sigster really for email campaign banners. So those are gonna be those banners below your signature or really just managing your email signature as well, which if you've ever been at a larger organization can be a huge pain. So Sigster really helps simplify all of that. But the thing we love most about them is really the email campaign banners. And we've done some fun internal ones that are just for the internal team. But what we really find it most useful for is tying it to our account-based marketing campaigns. So we do everything account-based marketing here at Limovate, and we are creating customized email banners for each of our ABM campaigns, down even to the account level oftentimes. So it's not uncommon for us to be running hundreds of email banner campaigns and Sigster at a single time, which means that that campaign theme you're seeing in our Sigster email banner is similar to the LinkedIn ad you saw, which is similar to the direct mail you're getting from us. And that's one of the many reasons why we hear from prospects all the time that we seem to be everywhere. Now, in terms of our prospecting process, in addition to the tech I've already mentioned, right? So we talked about Salesforce, Vidyard, Pardot, Engage, Sixter. We're also heavily using Zoom Info and LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So how we use Zoom is we basically develop a target account list. And we do a lot of things by industry. So we're typically starting with an industry list that fits within our ICP, which is our ideal customer profile. And we use Zoom then to find out who are the key contacts based on our target personas for those companies. And we really like Zoom because it has the most accurate direct phone numbers and email addresses that we've found, which makes our prospecting research really so much faster. But it's not perfect. No software is. No data is. And that's why we use the LinkedIn Sales Navigator. It's kind of like our check, honestly, and backup to verify that the individuals we found in Zoom are still working for that company, do have that title. And there are a little couple of discrepancies, but for the most part, Zoom does tend to be, I would say, extremely accurate. The other way that we use LinkedIn Sales Navigator, besides just kind of verifying Zoom information, is also setting up account and lead list by campaign. So for every campaign we run, SDRs set up their account and lead list, and they're using that information so they can reach out to prospects when they're posting articles on LinkedIn, they get promoted, et cetera. It really helps us have a personal connection to some of those people we're reaching out to. And then we also send a lot of personalized connection request messages out via LinkedIn. So just kind of that normal connection request that you would send to someone that you know. And we include a message with the premise that we're sharing a ton of relevant content in our feed on topics that we think they'll find interesting. And we've had really great success in getting people to actually accept those connection requests. And then here's the most important part. After they accept it, we don't send them another message and ask them to book a meeting with us. That's not how we roll. Instead, we share content, we try and be helpful. And then what often happens when we reach out via email later, they remember us and then tend to book a meeting. Now we've tried LinkedIn email and I know other people have had success with it. We really haven't had success or failure. It's been really neutral. Um, It's not worked for us, but it's also not went horrible. So it's kind of been indifferent. So we'll often use what's included in our LinkedIn Sales Navigator team account. And that's really it. Calendly is also another big player for us in our prospecting process. So we've been using it to enable our SDRs to easily book meetings with prospects for a while, and their Gmail extension has really changed the game. It allows us to insert available meeting days and times directly into an email, 
So as a prospect or even as a customer, I can see what times you're available, click on the time that works for me, and it's automatically going to go ahead and take me to the Calendly and let me to book that meeting. And since we started using it, we've had numerous meetings get booked, like in the evenings, on weekends, when SDRs are even on vacation and they're getting Calendly notifications saying a meeting's been booked for when they come back. It's been really great and able to, you know, make it simple for our prospects to find a time to chat with us. And the other thing I love about it is that we've started to see some data from the fact that because we're including a few days and times, which often are, you know, this week or the, you know, early next week, so it's early on in the process, we're actually seeing people book sooner. So they're tending not to book meetings as far out. They're tending to book them the next day or next two days away, which has been great. And this is where if I was, if we, this was in text or I was writing this on social media, I'd probably do like the praise hand emojis because how many people would love to get prospects to book meetings with you, you know, the same week or a couple of days later versus a couple of weeks out. So when it comes to hosting virtual meetings, and we do a ton of that here at Limovate, um, we're primarily using WebEx for actual sales meetings and we do use Zoom when we're hosting webinars. And if I'm being honest, I have a love-hate relationship with WebEx. When it works, I love it. When it doesn't, it makes me and my entire sales team absolutely furious because there is nothing worse than having a sales call and you're getting ready to go on WebEx and WebEx is not working and you don't know what to do. So part of the reason we chose WebEx a few years ago at Limovate was really because it was honestly the most well-known enterprise web meeting platform at the time. GoToMeeting was probably the second one, and we primarily target enterprise brands, so it made sense for us to get a platform for web meetings that most of our prospects would be familiar with. But if I fast forward to now, one of the things I've noticed is Zoom has grown tremendously. Everyone seems to be familiar with it, and it seems to be you know, a really well-accepted meeting tool for even enterprise organizations these days. So a lot of the reasons we chose WebEx don't even make sense anymore. And we're already using Zoom for webinars, so I do anticipate that we'll consolidate that area to just Zoom once our contract with WebEx ends later this year. Because one of the things you should, you need to think about with your tech stack is as you add on more things, that's more things to manage. So think about ways for consolidation as well. Now, we're also using tools such as Zencaster, Trent, and Libsyn for our podcast, all of which are pretty easy and play a key role if you want to host a podcast on a regular basis. So Zencaster is how I conduct the interviews for Mobile Matters. Trent does all of our transcriptions for us automatically and allows me to kind of edit those, one, to put on you know, our show note page on the website, or to make it easy for us to edit out what we don't want included in an episode. And then Libsyn does all the hosting for us for the actual final podcast episodes and pushes it out to places like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, et cetera. The last two pieces of software I'm going to mention in detail are tied to our website. And the first is WordPress. We've been using it to host our website, and we actually can do a ton with it. We primarily use a freelancer in the past, and they build us new panels so we can actually build out any page layout we want. And that's how we've made WordPress work for us. We don't have someone ever build us a website. We have them create the building blocks for things. So those are panels and WordPress. So that'll be like a pan like a hero panel, a text with image on the left or right panel, a carousel, et cetera. And we kind of list out the properties we want for each one. And that enables us to really create any type of page layout that we want on the website without ever needing how to code. And it's been super helpful, which means that I also can enable really anyone on my team to make website updates. And then tied to our website is Drift. 
I'm a big fan of their brand and we've implemented a bunch of new chatbots recently on our website that have really allowed us to incorporate our kind of like fun brand voice, but also make it easy for visitors to get the information they need and even book a meeting when we're not able to chat with them, which I think is really great. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Drift. Now we're also using a, a few other pieces of tech like Slack, Adobe Creative Cloud, Google Analytics, SEM Rush. We use Rike for project management and Pure Cloud for our phones. And they're all integral to what we're doing, but we don't really do anything special with them that you guys aren't probably already doing today. So that's it for a deep dive into the tech stack we're using at Limovate. It's all managed by myself and one other marketer. So even though our entire sales and marketing team use it, there's really just two of us managing all of those components we just talked about. We have a small but mighty sales and marketing team at Limovate. We're no more than you know seven people strong, and we're doing all of this, which is what's proving you don't have to have a big team to use this type of tech as long as you have a strategy in place, which we do. And that's exactly the type of information I wish more marketers would share with each other. It's so much more helpful if you're telling me what you're doing, how it's working, and what it took to get there than showing me just a picture of logos. So here's to hoping that I don't see any more tech stack pics on my LinkedIn feed without some helpful explanation. Fingers crossed, everyone. Now, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Strong Opinions. I'll be dropping a new episode every Friday morning, and I have a great number of topics already lined up for you. If you're loving the show, then leave us a rating and review on iTunes and feel free to tweet at me at stephaniecox04 and tell me what topic you want to hear about on a future episode of Stronger Minions. 